Chapter Twenty Four of Prodigal Daughters by Joseph Hawking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kate Fallis. Chapter Twenty Four Peggy's Romance Fades. Something will have to be done, said Jim Barnes, who had been standing for a long time, sullen and silent, looking into vacancy peg did not reply have you nothing to say why we're right up against it we've got to do something we owe three weeks rent and this pile of bills i can see nothing for it but a moonlight flitting what do you mean by that clear it out we have no money and you won't do anything what can i do and the girl's tones were sullen and defiant do he said with an oath you could do a lot but you'll do nothing you're willing to sponge upon me for everything sponge upon you be careful what you say jim why should i be careful he asked besides it's true you didn't talk like that when i lived at home she protested you told me you were earning good money and that it would be the joy of your life to buy things for me and now she shrugged her shoulders barnes laughed brutally yes and a nice fool i made of myself he said instead of marrying a girl with money as i thought she hasn't got a sou i had nearly thirty pounds and i gave you every penny of it thirty pounds what's that sneered barnes it all went in a week or two oh you throw up that to me do you your dirty thirty pounds you paid me thirty pounds to take you did you and a nice bargain i made of it spent it all in less than a month in theatres and dinners good lord do you think i could keep that up people who have got extravagant ideas should pay for them you would never go into the balcony it was always the dress circle or the stalls for you you would never go to the movies they were too common for your ladyship you must have a regular play you would never go to a jolly ten sociable nothing but a high-priced affair would suit you and i-i had to pay for it of course people who went to ordinary dances weren't good enough for you let me tell you this madam my sisters go to them and they're as good as you peg did not reply yes as good as you for all your fine name and aristocratic connections aristocratic connections indeed fat lot of good they are to me you were eager enough to get them peggy retorted oh cut that cried barnes i'm just sick of it all yes i know i was a tom fool i ought to have known better than to marry a proud minx like you but there we must do something we can't stay on here look at this letter after this there was a silence between them for perhaps a minute then barnes burst out we shall have to do it what she asked go home to camden town i won't she cried passionately i simply won't won't you why you silly fool we can live there rent free 
that will mean more than two pound a week difference to us mother's got a spare room we can have and i'll pay her something for keeping us in fact we can rub along then i won't repeated peggy angrily i simply won't why won't you i couldn't live day by day with your mother and sisters couldn't you indeed they're as good as you are and a jolly sight better my sisters are self-respecting girls they earn their own living and keep the house going that's more than you do you may say what you like cried peggy but i won't do it you know what they said to me the last time i was there that was only their fun laughed barnes besides they're a bit fed up who wouldn't be of course they thought your father would do the straight thing and come down handsome if he'd been a gentleman he would have allowed us say four pound a week and then we could have rubbed along besides what can we do it's all very well to take the high and mighty style and say you won't do this and you won't do that but we've got to pay for these rooms or be kicked out and we've not got the money and there are these bills oh what a tom fool i was to marry an extravagant useless thing like you you were glad enough to get me was peggy's retort was i sneered barnes it was you who did all the courting dear i had no need to do any oh you mean contemptible outsider gasped the girl in her rage look here none of that said barnes taking a savage stride towards her i'm not going to stand any of your cheek mean contemptible outsider am i well go and live with your mean contemptible insiders peggy stood before him defiant her eyes flashing don't think you can frighten me she cried you are a mean contemptible outsider or you wouldn't speak like that barnes caught her roughly by the arm say that again he said and i'll blacken your eye and he lifted his hand as if to strike her all the fighting spirit in the girl was aroused and she felt contaminated by his touch pride of race and all the influences of her early associations surged within her she felt degraded by passing through such scenes for this was only a repetition of others of a similar nature but she was not afraid something she knew not what caused her to defy him and challenge him to do his worst strike me she cried her voice quivering strike me it's the kind of thing a creature like you would do but remember i'll tell my brother john and i'll tell my father too bah you daren't your brother john and barnes laughed uneasily he's afraid to come near me he remembers the licking i gave him at the cosmopolitan hotel months ago yes i heard about that answered the girl why he thrashed you within an inch of your life jenkins told me so himself jenkins did did he i'll pay him out for that no then strike me and the girl looked fearlessly and defiantly 
into his face barnes dropped her arm and walked away muttering things had come to a crisis the room in which they now lived was not the place to which barnes had first brought her that was comparatively comfortable but it cost more than they could afford to pay and after much heart-searching on peggy's part she had consented to come to their present abode it was a miserable squalid place and the surroundings were anything but savoury still peggy had consented barnes had told her that it need only be for a little time as he expected a raise in his wages shortly and when that time came they would be able to return to more comfortable surroundings but the raise of wages did not come and even this shabby little room was more than they could pay for peggy like many other girls of her class was utterly unfit to be a wife she was young and inexperienced and had always refused to learn housekeeping in addition although her father was not a wealthy man the family had always been able to live in comfort she had but little knowledge of the value of money and did not realize how quickly what seemed to her a large amount could melt away moreover having been brought up as she had she had at first protested against going to cheap restaurants and cheap places of amusement and for a time barnes had yielded to her but little by little facts stared her in the face for the first two months after their marriage barnes still appeared to her a gay lothario she was still under the spell of his handsome presence and high-flown talk but in time she became disillusioned she saw the kind of man to whom she had linked her life realized how utterly different he was from those of her own class she could not help seeing that he was a common vulgar braggart they had scarcely a taste in common and to all intents and purposes they spoke a different language but she would not admit this even to herself by nature she was self-willed and obstinate and she would not confess that she had made a mistake in marrying with a kind of doggedness therefore which sometimes almost amounted to heroism she tried to shut her eyes to his real nature and to be a good wife to him in this however she was only partially successful as the glamour of her marriage passed and the ugly spectres of poverty and brutalism appeared she grew hard and sullen in fact she was fast awakening to the grim reality of the life she had chosen shortly after the visit which her father and mother paid her she received a letter from the latter telling her that if ever she was in trouble she must let her know she also stated that while her father still kept his doors open to her they would forever remain closed to barnes this man he would neither admit to his house nor recognize in any way her mother had also asked her if she might come to see her the letter was possibly not wisely written certain it is that peggy angered by the insult which she considered had been offered to her husband had written defiantly to her mother declaring that she needed neither the help nor the recognition of any one at hampstead and she would not have it if it were offered to her 
she also stated that by her husband's wish seeing her father's house was closed to him their house was closed to them and to john especially to john barnes had been very angry when she had told him what she had done even yet that gentleman had hopes of a recognition taking place and he thought peggy had made it impossible by what he called her damn silly pride but now things had come to a crisis barnes had received no raise in salary and debts stared them in the face with the romance of marriage entirely gone the shabby sordidness of their surroundings hardened peggy a month before this barnes had suggested that they should go and live with his people at camden town and she had refused and as week after week he still harped upon this string she while her defence became weaker and weaker loathed the idea more and more we must do something grumbled barnes at length after striding around the room there's one thing you can do what he asked you can do with a little less whiskey only two days ago i asked you for a new pair of gloves and you told me you couldn't afford it but you're able to pay sixteen shillings for a bottle of whiskey look here cried barnes i'm not going to do without a drop of whiskey for you or anyone besides a man must offer a friend a drink if he comes to see him and i tell you this he stopped suddenly as if a new thought had struck him and after a few seconds silence he went on in more conciliatory tones look here peg old girl he said we are in a bad way you must forgive me if i spoke to you a bit hasty just now but i've my pride the same as you have of course things haven't turned out as we expected i tell you straight i did hope your father would have been reasonable i didn't think he'd carry things to such a length as he has and i thought after he'd got used to the idea he'd have caved in but he hasn't now i'm as proud as lucifer and some things but it's no use being silly you told me you were going to have a raise of salary snapped peggy i thought i was but business is bad and i'll tell you straight i dare not ask for more money the governor gave me a hint only to-day that he might soon ask me to get another place and if he did i don't know where i could get one jobs ain't going begging now like they were see you mean that you might be out of work asked peggy that's what i do mean old girl and then we should be in the soup head over ears in the soup i'm sorry peg really downright sorry the girl looked with abject misery towards the fireplace come peg can't you help me out asked barnes how can i help you out swallow your pride a bit of course i couldn't do it after what your father said to me no man of fine feelings could he insulted me while your brother called me names which no man of such a sensitive nature as mine could stand no i'd rather die than ask any of them for a penny but you could peg it's your right you've done nothing to disgrace them 
and i say you have a moral right to a quarter of your father's fortune whatever it is what do you mean by that asked the girl peg be sensible you wouldn't be asking for charity or anything of that sort you'd be simply claiming what's your own it's your father's duty to make you an allowance again the girl's temper flared up do you mean to suggest she cried that i go to my father and ask him that i didn't say your father said barnes coaxingly but your mother she's still soft on you peg and she would not turn a deaf ear to you for the love you bear me old girl go and ask her for a bit of help i'll starve first cried the girl that's your pride is it you'd see me after all you've said to me months ago go like a beggar to my father's house you're meaner than i thought then starve cried barnes with an angry oath he seized his hat from a peg as he spoke and put on his overcoat where are you going asked the girl where i like was his reply do you think i'm going to stay here to be insulted by a proud penniless bad-tempered thing like you if i can't get comfort at home i'll go where i can get it he slammed the door as he spoke and left the girl alone he came back again after a few seconds however look here peg he cried you'll be reasonable won't you not in the way you suggest she said i won't then ask your sister to help us she's got money she hasn't cried the girl she's only her salary and it's barely enough for her to live on that won't do and barnes laughed meaningly she gets money all right peg i met a man only to-day who saw her having supper at a gay place with her boss we know what that means she's got money right enough i tell you but he did not proceed further there was a look in peggy's eyes which made him afraid go she said hoarsely go before i kill you why why you little spitfire he muttered but he obeyed her again he closed the door behind him and left the girl to her thoughts it was now about nine o'clock at night and the neighbourhood in which barnes had taken up his abode was gloomy and cheerless when he left peggy it was with the determination to seek out some of his pals as he called them and make a night of it let her think what she likes he muttered angrily i'm going to enjoy myself a few minutes later however he changed his mind i believe it could be managed he said aloud and i'm not going to cut off my nose to spite my face he's a general now and all sorts of a big gun i've gone the wrong way to work in the past i've taken the high hand but now i'll do the humble touch the idea seemed to please him the more he thought about it when at length he found himself at charing cross his mind seemed fully made up at any rate 
nothing venture nothing won he reflected as he entered the subway and if i can once get the thin edge of the wedge in the rest will come easy twenty minutes later he was at hampstead and then with a fast beating heart he made his way to the house which had once been his wife's home as he entered the gateway he saw that several windows of the house were ablaze with light and in the stillness of the night there came to him the sound of merry music and gay laughter they're not breaking their blooming hearts anyhow he said to himself his youngest daughter has to think where her next meal is coming from while he lives in a style like this a minute later he rang the bell which was opened by a maid he had not seen there before is general trelawney at home he asked yes replied the girl but he's engaged have you company and he gave the girl a smile which he thought was very entrancing yes was the reply i'm sorry to call at such an inopportune time he said in his most lordly manner but my business is very urgent very urgent indeed won't you ask him to see me for just a minute the girl looked at him closely and tried to sum him up he was not quite a gentleman but he did not suggest the vagrant or the beggar if you will ask him to see me for just a minute he persisted what name asked the girl the name doesn't matter at all said barnes but my business is exceedingly important and i'll only keep the general five minutes barnes stood waiting while the girl went into the adjoining room and he noticed that the music and laughter ceased evidently the general was asking some questions and barnes dire as was the predicament in which he was placed felt like running away but before he could do so the general stepped into the hall this was dimly lit and thus while the outline of barnes's figure was plainly to be seen his features were not easily recognizable you wish to see me and the general gave only a careless glance towards a tall figure which stood waiting will you come this way he led the way into an empty room and switched on the light then he turned to his visitor oh it's you is it and a look flashed into his eyes which was anything but pleasant for a few seconds he stood without speaking further he seemed to be debating what to do doubtless he was angry that barnes should have called on him remembering all that had taken place it was no wonder but there was something else expressed in his face anger was followed by a look of yearning and tenderness he remembered the little maid who long years before he had fondled and caressed and his heart went out to her now but for that he would have shown barnes the door and it was this fact that gave his visitor the opportunity he sought what do you want he asked End of chapter twenty four